Coffee's ready. Guest is ready. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Prodigy Podcast. We are on episode 29 and today I have got in the long list of uh, wrestlers that we're interviewing um, another one who could probably put me on my head before I could even say the phrase of the Prodigy Podcast. Um, Charlie Bowling. How are you, Charlie? Hello. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so I guess uh, to make sure that I don't repeat myself whenever I interview um kind of athletes i try and think of uh a best way to approach an interview and i think with you i I wanted to ask you have you always envisaged envisaged yourself being a wrestler is that something that you've kind of from day dot you've when when you first started the sport you were like yep this is me well it's a long long time ago when i started i started when i was six years old and originally started because my sister used to do it, so I'd always be wrestling with her and my dad in the house and, you know, just play fighting, messing about. But where I'm from in Wigan, Aspel, um, the village is quite well known for wrestling, believe it or not. Uh, we have a, two wrestling clubs there and um, that's where we are is quite a popular sport, so a lot of kids in the in, in our village have actually probably definitely tried wrestling at some point, either at the club or in school. So that's how I got involved. I never thought that it would, you know, lead lead me on the path that I've, I'm, I'm, I'm on now in life. But I owe wrestling a lot. Um, I, I, that's quite interesting that it's such, such a popular sport uh, in in your home in your home village and is it is it quite unusual then when you you travel to different parts of the UK and you you see that wrestling isn't kind of there isn't other areas where wrestling is so kind of ingrained in maybe the local community um don't don't get me wrong it's not you know a massive sport not everybody in uh, Wigan knows what (laughs) wrestling is but I'd say in the UK that this area Wigan and Bolton it's quite uh, a popular area on the uh, the UK wrestling scene and that all dates back to hundreds of years ago believe it or not when catch as catch can wrestling was popular in the in the UK where you know people would finish working the coal mines and like come and you know just wrestle so at one time it was a popular sport and it's kind of unfortunately died out as uh, as the years have gone by but um it's yeah i wouldn't say it's on uh strange or anything i mean the likes of uh the uh, great billy robinson and people like that and uh i mean uh, actually with the olympics happening right now um uh, i was telling someone only yesterday about the fact that there was one year one olympics where we did have catch wrestling in the olympics yeah well, that's why they said that freestyle stemmed from catches catch uh can wrestling and it's pretty hard to think that that's something that started in Wigan, but now there's no like what's the word? It's not really been that heritage hasn't really been passed down. It's kind of died off. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's moved to other parts of the world. Yeah, and is that is that something that you do? You kind of 
not dwell on the fact that the heritage hasn't continued, but the fact that that is part of kind of the UK wrestling heritage. Is that something that you kind of dwell on or something you think about when you do compete or you do kind of wrestle or something that kind of is, you know, in your fourth thoughts? Sometimes. I mean, you go, you go to places in Eastern Europe where uh, wrestling's a big part of the culture and you think, wow, I wish this could be something that is part of our um, our culture in, in the UK. But we tend to, you know, look at sports in young children like football and rugby. If you look at, um, in, I think in like Dagestan, there's like 30,000 kids that wrestle and that's like comparing to probably the same amount of kids that play football in the northwest of England. So... When you look at it like that, no wonder that they've got so many champions in wrestling. And do you think, is there, do you feel motivated to kind of, inc- I guess you, I mean, like all people who do whatever their particular sport or martial art is, they they like to encourage people to, you know, try it, yeah. other people to try it and things like that. But do you, do you look forward to a point where hopefully wrestling becomes, especially maybe with the likes of, uh, MMA and stuff like that, do you think people will be encouraged to pick up wrestling a bit more now? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. You look at, you know, the likes of Habib who's got a great wrestling game and you see more and more MMA guys now wanting to improve the wrestling because how well Habib can take down his opponents and keep them down on the floor. But um, going back to like the cultural side of things, it's I love coaching kids and getting them involved in the sport because I've seen what benefit wrestling gives to me and how it can impact other people's lives and you never know in 50 years to come we might see wrestling being a a bigger sport in the UK well uh, I think that's something that uh, pretty much every every grappler hopes Um, and so uh, you, you, you said that you you do sometimes occasionally do think about that kind of cultural heritage of of British wrestling and catch as catch can. Um what what drew you to it? Well so you you said your family do um where your sister competed in wrestling and you were wrestling at home, mucking about at home. Yeah. Um, so now now that you've kind of kind of get back to that point, do you think that uh wrestling as a kid and from such a young age has kind of uh, helped you on your path rather than picking it up as a as a young adult or as a as an adult. Yeah, um, I think it was only until I got to maybe fourteen, fifteen, sixteen when I got put onto the British national um, national talent squad, which is for like the younger athletes, and had an opportunity to make friends from all over the country, come together and train together, and then have the, the chance to travel to different countries and experience uh, different, st- well, different styles of wrestling. I know it's all freestyle wrestling, but, you know, come up against uh, more challenging opponents and look at other people's cultures. I think that's something that really motivated me to want to, to carry on and, you know, do it as... Um, as a career, but you know, it's not in this country. It's not at that 
stage to be able to do it as a full-time job. And there's the things like uh, competing as a as a junior in wrestling and competing at a younger age before you compete as an adult. Um, where there's kind of are you were you having to travel a lot to fight to compete? Um, was was that quite difficult? Given that you're if you if you're having to travel to the other end of a, uh, the country just to kind of compete at a weekend at such a young age because of the well the state of wrestling let's say or at the time yeah yeah i mean it wouldn't even just be the case of going to another part of the country it'd be uh looking to find competitions in europe where you'd come up against uh, good opponents um from being the age of seven up to 16 we used to travel to a competition in belgium where um Obviously, in Europe, everything's close together, and mm-hmm. you get teams from France, teams from the Netherlands, teams from Germany travel to this tournament. It wasn't, don't get me wrong, it wasn't the best, but you would get good, good competition. And what you find as well in Europe is that there is a lot of uh, immigrants from the Caucasus in Russia who settle into, you know, the likes of France and Germany. So you'd come up against some really tough uh, kids from from these regions and sometimes you get humbled when you come on the mat and I think that's very important when you're young as a wrestler that you get that, those experiences because you can be the best in the UK but on the grand scheme of things like it means nothing and when you're that age 13, 14 it's kind of hard to grasp that at first you know when, when, you, when you're the best in your country and at your age but when you come up against uh, guys in Europe and get your ass whooped it's, um, you know, you can only thank yourself for having those experiences and growing as, a, as an athlete. And uh, like you said about how, how the importance of wrestling for you and why you want to share it and how important it is for your life. For a kind of teenage uh, kid, there's something about the fact that you do need your ego checked sometimes as a kid. And there's nothing, there's nothing like that a... Uh, uh, you know, a, a really good wrestler from the Caucasus kind of yeah. uh, smashing you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to grasp that when you're young, but that's what's needed for growth. You see it a lot in uh, not just wrestling, like other sports, jujitsu and uh, MMA, where people avoid other people because they're scared to lose, but you know, that's what's needed to to motivate yourself and to, to get better as an athlete. In wrestling, it's it's very, very rare that you'll get somebody who's at the top for a long time and stays unbeaten. There's always somebody there who can beat you, and that's the beauty of the sport. Like, you look at the Olympics starting next week and you can't say who's going to win the gold medal because it's anybody's game. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare ask you who you who you do think will win, uh, win your weight category at the uh, at the Olympics. I mean, you're more than welcome to say if you'd like, but I'm not going to push you into it. <laughs> it's it's a tough one. I think Carl Dake's definitely in with a shout, but I don't want him to win, so I don't want to say Carl Dake. <laughs> you're conflicted. Um, 
but Sidakov, Chimizov, there's some good guys in that weight, so it's anybody's it's anybody's game. And uh, it's been it's quite interesting as well, given um, the fact that Dakers has has kind of surprised a lot of people. Well, some people in his kind of uh, Olympic trials as well. Yeah, fair play to him. He stuck with it for a long, long time. He's always been second best to Jordan Burroughs. So, you know, he deserves his his shot. Uh, he's worked extremely hard for it. Well, uh, bringing bringing it back to uh, the shores of the UK. Um, one of the things that I like to talk to people about because um, I think it's really important, and especially for athletes who are kind of growing in their sport, is role models. And it can be really important when you're kind of as an adult as well, who you're looking at, whether those be coaches, other athletes, other competitors, or even people kind of uh, outside of your own sport. Is there any, is there anyone that you kind of look to now or anyone that you look to growing up that really made an impact on the wrestler that you are now? Definitely. There's a lot of, guys who you know have been older than me who I've trained with from being a young age uh, I was very lucky to uh, have he still is one of my good friends and training partners Philip Roberts who's uh, was always you know in the in the GB team and I always used to look up to Phil and um, you know say one day I want to be wrestling in the Commonwealth Games like he is he wrestled in in Delhi in 2010 and in Glasgow in 2014 so I had the opportunity to train with Phil every, you know, every day. And that was a good training partner for me. And that was big for my development. Like I said before, in the UK, there's a shortage of talented uh, wrestlers who, can, who you can train with and get you, like, make you better. So I was very fortunate enough that that was there for me to, to have him to train with and look up to and ask for advice if I needed anything. And the, the the fact that uh, you can have someone who has that experience as well, has the experience that you know you want as well, because I think it, it it's very easy. Uh, sometimes people uh, people look at and they they go, yeah, but they can't tell me they they don't want the exact same things I I'm going after as well. But the fact that he had competed in the Commonwealth Games and he yeah. had had those those exact things that you were kind of chasing as well must have made it so uh, so much so much more uh, impactful. Yeah, you're both working towards the same goal, which is helpful. I um, before the Commonwealth Games in 2018. I actually uh, did a university exchange in Canada. So the reason behind that was, um, you know, you know yourself in this country, it's more, it's more like a hobby uh, because people have full-time jobs to study in and wrestling is just something that they do in the evening. So I was at uni, did my first year and I thought, I look at an exchange program to America because in America wrestling's big in university. There must be somewhere where I can, I can you know go go to on an exchange and have an opportunity to train with good guys, have good coaches and good competition, which is you know that's the most important thing. 
to be able to have the experience to step on the mat. So I was looking, applied at a few places in um, in America, and then I came across a university in Canada. And I'd already been out to Canada previously before this on a few wrestling wrestling training camps. And um, I knew some guys who trained at Brock University, and I thought, oh, this is the this is the perfect opportunity. It's uh, it's partnered with uh, University of Central Lancashire, where I was currently studying. So I applied. I spoke to my friends over in Canada who was already at this university and said, look, I'm looking at coming over. They gave me the coach's contact details, who's um, an Olympian. So I spoke to him. He was keen to have me over. I went out, had a look, and uh, they accepted me to, to go over on a one-year exchange. And to be honest, that was probably the big turning point in on my wrestling journey where I went from an average wrestler to you know, a good wrestler in the UK. Um, um, and what 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 was it like stepping into a uh, a place where you could train as much as 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 much as you kind of had hoped and and there there was that there was kind of no there was less barriers to kind of being able to to just improve at a, a rate which you kind of were happy with. Yeah, it's it was definitely a big wake up call because you know you when you just get used to training at the the level you are, you get comfortable. Whereas here, uh, when I moved to Canada that year, I must have had four or five guys all at a, a similar or better level than me to train with around my weight category. Training for uh, three, four hours a day, you know, it's, it's great at the start. And then you think, oh, bloody hell, like I've, this is uh, this is tough, but going back to what I said earlier, it's like you know, it's, it's having that ego check to show you that this is what you have to do to to be better. And did you did you kind of come back after that year, going right? I I need to I need to change how I do things now. Was there was there kind of things that you put in place after that that you you still kept now? Oh, definitely. Put, put, it was putting yourself into, you know, habits and autopilot mode of like, need to train here, need to train here. But at the same time, as you get older, you realise that you don't need to kill yourself to be an amazing athlete. So there was that and training smarter as well. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, well, I guess. Uh, one of the one of the big things um, with uh, wrestling is obviously there is a there is a conditioning side, there is a strength tied to it as well as the technique, of course. Um, and uh, if anyone who knows you or follows you, um, you have uh, made all farmers strong by the looks of it, or all the farmers were strong and they uh, uh, now are even stronger, but. Um, you have this kind of amazing facility that um, you use. Tell me a little bit about Farmer Strong. I started it in May last year, 2020. Lockdown, throughout lockdown, obviously, couldn't wrestle, couldn't uh, do my S&C in the gym with my coach, Michael Wheatman. And he just gave me the task of carrying on with the programme 
But what you've got to do is you've got to make use of the great space that you have on your farm and find some odd objects to train with. So I was just finding barrels of water, or drums of water, uh, odd, odd bits of metal, any, any bit, uh, steel poles, <laughs> sandbag, tractor tire, anything I could get my hands on. I was using the forklift truck to do pull-ups on and dips on. And I trained through a lockdown using that, and I realised, you know, everything that I needed to be fit and strong was, you know, at my fingertips. Like, I didn't need any fancy gym equipment. And growing up, everyone used to say to me, like, when we were wrestling, all the, all, the, all the wrestlers were like, oh, you've got farm boy strength. Because obviously growing up on a farm, I've been helping my dad out for years, you know, carrying stuff, lifting stuff, pushing bells. Um, and that, like, that gave me the advantage when it came onto the mat because it had that natural organic strength just through working on the farm. And then when, as lockdown got lifted, I started... People was like commenting on uh, my workouts and saying, oh, this looks pretty cool. That's fun. Like you've got nice views to train in. So I thought, can't go back to coaching wrestling uh, MMA clubs. I'll do my one-to-ones because of all the social distancing. So I started offering uh, one-to-one training on the farm. And a lot of people just took me up on the offer. And it, it, it just grew from there. Started on a little field on the farm. Ended up stealing the barn off my dad. He was happy <laughs> to like support me and... So we took all the hay and straw out, invested some money in equipment. So then I started to delve into like your, more of your gym kind of stuff, your barbells and uh, assault bikes, but still keeping that organic farm feel to it. So it's kind of unique in a way how the sessions are run because every session will include like a sandbag and a tractor tire, but we still have your standard stuff that you might use in the gym, such as your salt bikes, ski ergs, your barbells. So it's got a weird, uh, what's the word, concept or... Yeah, it's got a really cool flavour to it. I, I... It's got, yeah, definitely. And it's just grown from that, really. Uh, started started doing less one-to-one, started doing more classes, uh, ended up with a great, great group of people in the start, still have, still with me. Uh, started with like five people, then it went to ten people, and now we've managed to um, build up a good member me- membership. So it's attracting some really, really nice people. And in a way, COVID's been a good thing for me because if it wasn't for COVID, then I would never have started this. And uh, I, I guess it's it's opened your eyes to what you what what you can and obviously there are things that you can't do but what you can do at home um on that side of things it's opened a lot of people's eyes because like you wouldn't go into uh david lloyd gym or jd gym or exercise for less and start tossing the sandbag about because people are just like what is this guy doing but uh it's it's opened a lot of people's eyes up of how being a minimalist can get you fitter and stronger and it, it, it goes back to the history and cultural thing. I mean, Henry VIII was wrestling in fields, so um, you're doing something right. <laughs> so I think, uh, well, well, 
we'll kind of go on to looking in the future and we can touch on Commonwealth Games as well. But um, the, at the moment, you're doing this uh, England versus Scotland meet, um, wrestling meet. And you usually hear, you know, that uh, that terminology thrown around uh, in the States, um, kind of meets and things like that, college meets. Um, but what started it um, and what... Are you looking forward to it? And uh, is it a bit unusual, the fact that you've got some kind of fellow Team GB people knocking around as well? Yeah, it is quite unusual because it's not something that we usually do, but it's a, it's a very good idea to, you know, give us that um, match fitness, which is what we've been short of in the last 18 months since COVID. So I am looking forward to it. It will be probably a bit strange because... You know, you're up against your, your Team GB teammates. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It should be good. And the uh, and the way that you're kind of, uh, the way the format, if people don't know, it is literally kind of is it a, like uh, singular matches rather than uh, a yeah. tournament format. Yeah, so I'll be up against uh, Nikolai Kojikaru, who's a very good wrestler. So there should be some good matches on the day. It's uh, looking forward to it. And uh, is this lead? And this is the lead up to next year in Birmingham. Is this part of kind of encouraging that lead up to um, Birmingham next year? Yeah, yeah. And for um, um, and for the Commonwealth Games, I mean, you've competed in there before, but are you are you excited kind of for it to be on home ground this time? Yeah. I mean, it will it'll definitely have its advantages because last time, as as nice as the Gold Coast was and Australia was, you're travelling to the opposite side of the world and it, you know, it, luckily this time I probably won't be cutting weight, but when you're cutting weight and <laughs> trying to adapt to the time zone, the heat, it's um, it can pl- have an effect on you, but... Um, being in Birmingham, hopefully by next year, we'll be able to, well, there'll be spectators in there. Um, it'll be nice to have some some home support from everyone at, you know, friends, family, local wrestling club, Farmer Strong, community <laughs> coming down, hopefully. So, yeah. I think, uh, I think not to sound super English with this, but given the weather that we've had, it might be the Australians who are in for a shock when they come over here. Yeah, that's yeah. If we if we get the heat waves, yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, just checking on the time. Um. With with things kind of like big international competitions, is there any way that you are you when you're preparing for your training for that? Are you do you kind of are you a person who does keep an eye on? what other people are doing or do you like to so when you kind of prepare for big international competitions and you look at the bracket um do you kind of think about who your opponent is when you when you compete what or if you've had kind of experience with them before if you know their background their wrestling background is that something you concern yourself with or do you very much just focus on yourself i think if you don't know who your opponent is then there's no point in dwelling on who they are what they've done how they train because you're not in control of that. You're only in control of like how well you've prepared for that event. So I always try and stay in that mindset. But obviously, if you have wrestled that opponent before, you have got 
you know, a feel for, for their style and it is nice sometimes to to have that and it's I don't know, it's fifty fifty for me. I think they both have the both have like the positives to it. And how would you do it for people who haven't seen you compete, um, how would you describe yourself as a wrestler? Is there <laughs> how would you describe your own style? Um I like to stay composed and not panic too much. I think because uh, uh, so, from what I've seen you compete, uh, from competitions that I have seen you in, there is that kind of, you you don't kind of, what's the word for it? I guess uh, you don't seem to chase anything for no reason. Everything seems so, very kind of uh, stoic and, and coordinated and planned. Yeah. There's always, there's always that whenever, whenever you kind of, I see you shoot and uh, or engage with your opponent. There's always kind of, it always feels that there's a, there's a, a plan of attack. There's never anything kind of like you say too frantic about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's like wrestling. You make one mistake and then that's it. So you have to be, if you're attacking, it has to be, you know, the time has to be spot on. Once it's game over. And, and do you think that's developed over the years? Have you found that, like your time in the, uh, I was about to say in the States, but the time in Canada, um, have, have you found that y- your, your style has developed over the years when, when you've kind of grown older and become more experienced in different levels of competition? You, you become more mature. And like I said, you can't knock competition and match experience. You can do as much training as you want. You can train five hours a day, but if you're not competing, then it's it's just not it's just not the same so yeah it's definitely as um with with time and the the experience that i've gained it's definitely changed my style and it's all it's all you're always developing you never you know even now four years from now i'll probably be a different wrestler to what i am now so yeah well uh that's a the uh it's a nice segue into you talking of uh competing experience there is a a competition coming up um that uh is going to be running and it's quite interesting because i think uh i think the people running it are jujitsu uh uh, are kind of have jujitsu experience um but and there's a beach wrestling comp and uh that's obviously kind of more related to united world wrestling and things like that but um it's a different format and it's something that um I don't think we've seen on these shores anyway, mainly because we, th- well, if it rains on the day, that makes beach wrestling a bit more like mud wrestling. But um, what, uh, what kind of, uh, what, what do you think about things like that and kind of competing in different styles of wrestling as well? Have you, have you tried things like, uh, I don't know, Turkish wrestling or uh, Cornish wrestling and things like that? It's always good fun and like the competitive atmosphere that you get when no matter what it is it's it's very similar to when you're stepping on the mat in a singlet i have tried beach wrestling once before i think it was about six years ago in italy and it's good fun but um there's always a risk of you know if you get if you got injured while you was doing you was doing that like different style you wouldn't really um, forgive yourself, would you? <laughs> That's so true. You play that risk as well, but I think it's um, 
yeah, I think any competition, where obviously you're wrestling using the same skill set, is beneficial to what you do. And and for for talking of traditional wrestling, the one that I haven't mentioned there actually when I was talking about it, uh, obviously catch wrestling and catch as catch can. Is there have have you kind of done much exploration into kind of training a lot of catch wrestling or training some catch wrestling and have you have you com- have you ever competed in it? No, it's quite like weird, really, considering um, it's very popular around here. I don't even know many submissions in that style. It was all just catered around the freestyle aspect, sort of takedowns and how to pin your opponent. But I don't know. I'd never say never. Never say never. After uh, learn a few subs first. Keep well, a lot of guys who are coach keep saying, "Oh, you should get into jujitsu because you'd be really good at it." So, well, never say never. There's a there's always older categories in uh, jujitsu. Can be an older man sport as well. So you can once you're done with wrestling, you can move to jujitsu. <laughs> and and is there? I mean, I, I mean, there are some amazing kind of, and I think that's what that's what's really great i think and i think wrestling trumps jujitsu in this is that you can go to different parts of the world and wrestling just has so much different styles and different heritages in whether it's india or nigeria you can literally move from one continent to the other and there's lots of different forms of wrestling um, and it must be an amazing thing to be when you kind of meet other athletes from different parts of the world and they have their own styles I mean, it all coalesces into competing into Greco-Roman and freestyle, but you see these people who've come from completely different wrestling backgrounds. Yeah, it'd be cool to do like a a road trip and visit different uh, countries to see what, like you said, what style wrestling originates from that country. You know, you've got Bulgaria, Turkey. In Iran, they've got their own style, like India mud wrestling. Nigeria, they have their own wrestling. I think it goes to show the history of wrestling. It's like definitely one of the oldest sports there is. Yeah, it, 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 it I think right. it, it's got to be. But then you'd probably turn wrestling on the Olympics, somebody who doesn't know about the sport, and they'll be thinking, like, what's this? Well, I think uh, I can safely say that um, when, I, when I'm uh, at work going it starts first of august it's on i've i got to get my my well i think i've got to get a euro sports subscription for this one so mm-hmm. thanks bbc but uh like it, it is a you you do want to encourage people to see it because it is an exciting sport and i think in some ways that's you know people complain when they watch the mma and the jiu-jitsu uh, uh, and the jiu-jitsu and they go oh they're just kind of rolling around on the floor and it's slow but actually the bit that people do like of grappling is the takedowns and they like the scrambles it's just that they don't like actually they find the jiu-jitsu bit hard to get their head around and a bit boring so hopefully that the more people see it and the more the Olymp- things like the Olympics are in people's eye and hopefully people's stories, there's Olympians that kind of particular athletes that catches people's eyes or inspire people, we can get more people on the mats. Yeah, there's definitely some good um, good characters who, who are competing in the Olympics who 
you know, you go on Sadulayev's Instagram and you can see like how interesting he, him as a person is. Like seeing him ride horses around Dagestan and stuff, and you think, well, you're an Olympic champion, but you're also very humble. He's the he's the farmer strong of Dagestan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he really is. <laughs> um, well, uh, I I know we're short of time for this, so uh, I think we'll we'll kind of slowly, well, well, slowly, we'll go to the last bit of the interview, which is something a bit light, and it's just something that I, I like to ask to, for people to get to know um, our guests a bit better, and it's just a quick fire round of like really easy questions that uh, hopefully should uh, bring about some quite amusing and interesting answers as well. Um, so we'll get right into it, but the first one, and I think this is going to be an easy answer, but Greco-Roman or freestyle wrestling? What? Is it? Is, these off Instagram? Is, uh, no, uh, well, I've added some of the Instagram ones onto this as well. Yeah, freestyle. Uh, it's got to be freestyle. Right? Yeah. Uh, Favourite fight you've ever had, Every a particular match that you've had? Um, Commonwealth Games bronze medal match that was obviously uh, a big match to you know win the medal but probably I've had a few favourites recently I think English Championships any match where it's been won in the last three seconds (laughs) those are always the best ones is it just because of the 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 stakes just so high in that last yeah you, you're losing then you manage to pull it back I think that's when it's um that th- those are usually my favorite ones I think uh, uh and I think actually that's hopefully well I'm sure we'll see some of it in the Olympics as well um when it starts because uh we've already seen that in things like taekwondo and stuff where people have been kind of winning matches literally at the last minute. Yeah, I mean, it's like for people who don't yeah, know. The last second, I should say. It's like a football match and the away team scoring like last minute and, you know, the fans are going mad. Like, those are the best. <laughs> the most exciting bits that, you know, yeah. you're enjoying in wrestling. Uh, Favourite bit of kit at the Farmer uh, Strong facility? Um, I've kind of made these like seasons. It's like a seesaw out of telegraph poles and you can like load your weights on it and you can do literally anything with it. Uh, pull down, press, bench press, squats, rows. I don't know if you've seen it on the on the Instagram. But... I think I've seen I've been seeing people press these. Are they uh, have you? Uh, so if, uh, I bet you've kind of where these ones are made out of wood and things like that. Have you yeah. um, hand, have you handmade these or kind of got them from around the farm? Yeah, well, the, te- the the timber that was used, like the telegraph poles, that's just stuff that's been like lying around the farm for years and we've just found a purpose for them. Um, one of my clients helped me build all that together. But I think the other bit of equipment that is my favourite is the sandbags because it really replicates, you know, everything that you do in wrestling as it's just like a dead weight. So it's either a mix-up between the homemade gear that looks good on uh, Instagram or <laughs> something that is actually, you know, effective. Uh, your uh, your post-competition food, is there any kind of indulgence you have? Food or drink? 
it's very hard now because in wrestling it's the same day away in so you'll um you only have a few hours so my pre-match meal would be in the morning after weighing in uh it's porridge porridge and honey you got to sweeten it up a little bit and how about and i have that every day and that's something that i have every single day because it just starts my day off right if i don't have that then you know i'm I'm out of my routine. Oh, the Quakers uh, sponsorship is, uh, is 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 right in itself, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, and what about after the competition? After it's all said and done? Ooh. Um, tricky one. If it's a quick fix, probably a Nando's. I like that. You had to think like the idea that, oh, if you had more time to plan, if you just want to get your quick shot in. If it was like more time to plan than a barbecue, like a chicken kebab, a lamb kebab, something meaty. But if it's a quick one, quick call off, if you're traveling and you're on the road, then definitely none of those. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, what, because I've, I've got to put this in earlier. Um, what's the uh, story with you and uh, our former guest and mutual friend uh, Sid's uh, previous old grappling match. You had uh, you fought together as kids, right? Yeah, I can't remember what year, but basically I weighed in for the competition as a junior, and there was nobody in my weight, so I went up to seventy-four kilogram, and I was in this stacked weight with all these lads who were about nine, ten kilos heavier than <laughs> me, and um, I was like, we wasn't really friends at the time. But I knew who he was, and um, yeah, it was it was a good match. I think I was winning about eight nil. I thought I'm going to have him here. I only need two more points to win, and he brought it back to eight six. And there was about twenty seconds left, and I thought, oh shit, he's gonna he's gonna bring it back here and win it. So I was just like trying to hold on for as long as I could. But that that's one match that sticks out in my head. You know, being pretty tight. I mean, uh, yeah, he like, and the thing is, is when you're that high up, you're going, I'm not losing this now. Yeah, eight nil. There's no way you're going to lose that, but he, he, he was bringing it back at one point. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a good one. How many pies a day does it take to get Farmer Strong? That's definitely from Sid as well. It isn't actually. <laughs> it isn't. But it's a I, great question. I, you do know if pies are famous in Wigan. I so I I I don't know. I like it's hard because I have to. I've only ever had like maybe because we don't live in a like an area where pies are prevalent. But like a steak and kidney, and maybe like a mushroom. Like I feel like I haven't had a good pie in my life. Well, you've got your 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 carbs and your protein, so it's it's you need more. You you definitely need more than five. But I'd limit it. I'd limit it to one a day. So just to one? You'll be putting too much weight on, but it's definitely, I think you, it's something you need in your diet, as long as what's, you're not going bored. What's the go-to pie? What is the, the Wigan special, or the Charlie Bowling special? like? Um, meat and potato. That's it. That's all they are, meat and potato. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to come down to Wigan and try a pop pie. Yeah, you don't, you don't get them down south. You don't. <laughs> Not really. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, Russian versus American style. What's uh, your preference? I like to train 
more the American style, just because it's like I'm not as skillful as the Russians, so I can just you know empty the tank and go all out and have a battle and have a war. I do prefer training like that, but I think I just love the Russian style of the skillfulness. I think it's because I wish I could be as skillful as them. That's why I like it so much. It is. It is. It's just that kind of elusive kind of thing there's something magical about russian wrestling that i can't quite put into words it cracks me up when you see tutorials on youtube of like the russian tie the russian leg attack and i'm thinking you have no idea how that russian guy does that like you can't copy what he's doing because that's unique to them or him as a wrestler yeah i think i think that's the same it's uh to kind of uh use the same example in mma kind of people go right this is what habib does and i'm like yeah okay that's what he does but yeah, i but promise you <laughs> i promise you you wouldn't be able to replicate it on the same person you he can't. did you just can't that and that's what that's a big b in my bonnet that people you know try and copy what habib does yeah there's no one like him <laughs> there's something in the water in dagestan and uh, hopefully someone will bottle it one day yeah uh, and the final question is, um, if someone to if someone were to play you in a movie, who would it be, and what kind of movie would it be? That's the hardest question ever. I don't I don't <laughs> even watch movies. You don't uh, what? Come on, you must have watched some. If someone was to play me in a movie, yeah. What you mean, like a like an actor, famous actor? Or a... And who would it be? Yeah, who would it I'll be? What... I'll let you answer that one. You can decide. Who would it be? I'm trying to think of famous actors from your neck of the woods, but I can't. I think it's going to be, if it's, I reckon, well, if what kind of movie would it be? And then maybe I'll set the actor. What kind of, would it be an action, a comedy? Uh, I don't th- even think it'd fall into any of that. A thriller, none of it, or all of it. Uh, (laughs) I can't, because this is an audio podcast, the look of confusion and the look of, nah, I ain't got a fucking answer for this. I'm not a movie star. Um, I don't know. I don't (laughs) know. People lost me on that. I I think that is the first time someone, I am shocked that there is not there's something about people who live in nice areas and they go yeah i haven't watched a movie and i'm like she come down to london she said there's you just there's nothing nice to look at outside so we just watch tv yeah <laughs> that's a lie that's a lie <laughs> i'm still thinking i'm gonna have to google northern actors northern actors <laughs> i think that <laughs> I'm trying. The thing is, is, I can think of Scottish, and I can think of like, I can't think of anything in between. And I know that's a really like M twenty five thing to say. I don't even know any of these guys on Google. Actors from. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's. I mean, I think we'll have to figure it out. But yeah. I reckon it's going to be some sort of travel movie. 
you can put it in the questions if Charlie Bowling was a. If Charlie Bowling was an act, an actor or was played by an actor, who would it be? Because yeah. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie doesn't know. And then what I'll do is I'll make up. Maybe we'll make up some fake movie posters if I've got time. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Fantastic. Well, a note to end on and a uh, a call out for all of you kind of budding film writers <laughs> to write Charlie into a movie where the main character has porridge in the morning and trains with Dagestanis at night. I don't even do that. <laughs> his farm. And well, and then maybe he runs around with sandbags at night then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do. <laughs> fantastic well um we'll leave it at that but thank you very much for coming on good luck with your meet um and uh have fun and uh yeah we look forward to having you on is there anywhere we should uh, direct people to websites or instagram or anything like that um my instagram personal account is charlie bowling 96 and i would greatly appreciate if people would check out farmer strong official yeah, and if you're ever in the area, then I mean, people should go and check it out because free I mean, session for anybody who shouts out the Prodigy podcast. There you uh, go. You heard it. Free free and session. I'll I'll even pay for their next session if they turn up in a Prodigy podcast T-shirt as well. Oh, nice. There's there's an offer. Deal. Cool. Well, thank you very much once again, Charlie. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. To keep up to date with all our latest stuff, follow us at The Prodigy Podcast on Instagram.